0: And welcome once again to The Real Money Show, hosted by Guildhall Wealth Management, a show about the incredible potential of owning physical gold, silver, natural, fancy-colored diamonds, what they could do to help your portfolio, the number to contact anytime, one 877 silver TheRealMoneyShow.com, dot com. Going to welcome uh, our Calgary listeners. Show will be on throughout the summer months, and you can go right to C H Q R, the website, to watch for scheduled dates and TheRealMoneyShow.com, dot to listen for shows. And starting now, welcome our U S. listeners. Yeah, this week on W C R N News Talk Radio for Worcester and Boston. We are also this week very excited to have the uh, the pleasure of speaking with David Morgan today. David Morgan, a widely recognized analyst in the precious metals industry and consultant for hedge funds, high net worth investors, mining companies, depositories, and bullion dealers. He is publisher of the Morgan Report on Precious Metals and author of Get Skinny on Silver Investing. Darren, tell us a little bit about Guildhall, how long you've been in business, what you guys do exactly.
1: Well, Jonathan, exciting week. As you said in the intro, we're welcoming listeners again to Calgary. Uh, CHQR in Calgary is where you can find us. And uh, this week in Worcester in Boston, WCRN News and Talks. Talk radio. We're excited to be there. And Guildhall Wealth Management is a firm that was established back in 2002. The purpose of establishing this firm was to give uh, uh, potential investors a vehicle to buy and own physical gold, silver, platinum, and palladium. We are focused primarily on our depository storage program, which gives folks the opportunity to buy in as little as a couple hundred ounces of silver, 10 ounces of gold as a starting point. In either of those metals, they can also add platinum and palladium uh, and give them the opportunity to store them or take that metal for immediate delivery either way. This is an immediate delivery firm and uh, whatever you're purchasing can be stored or taken home. We have vault facilities in Toronto. Uh, which is, uh, you'll hear later in the show with David Morgan, an opportunity if you're uh, in another country and listening, uh, to keep your metal safe in a very, very uh, stable uh, economy, politically stable here in Canada. We have vaulting facilities in Singapore and in Delaware as well. And uh, this really starts out with uh, identifying what you want to do as an investor and how you want to get into gold, silver, platinum, palladium, and it's physical. We don't deal in, in futures markets or Options on futures. We're not trading the SLV uh, or the GLD or any paper instruments. That's not our firm. If you're looking for that or uh, advice on mining operations or mining juniors, that's not us. We are in the physical gold, silver, platinum, palladium uh, realm and natural fancy color diamonds.
0: Also got President Paul Wiseman in the studio and Jeremy Wiseman, Vice President of Guildhall. Guys, the number once again one eight seven seven eight silver. Guys, the other investment you guys are in is uh, investment quality
2: diamonds. Tell me something about that. Yeah. This This is something that uh, Paul uh, introduced the firm to as a collector of natural fancy-colored diamonds. We focus on very high-grade natural fancy-colored diamonds. These are considered investment-grade colored diamonds. They are extremely, extremely rare. What Guildhall does is we have a very strict criteria for uh, the type of diamonds that we purchase and that our clients purchase, and we enter into um, sort of a symbiotic relationship in terms of having the clients hold those diamonds get the equity that builds in those diamonds as the values increasing. And we also provide an opportunity to help them resell those diamonds down the road. So um, this is a great investment. It's very new to a lot of people. So it's something that we uh, encourage people to get an investor kit on
3: yeah natural fancy colored diamonds is one of the best kept secrets out there and it 's the type of investment believe it or not, that these natural fancy colored diamonds tend to double between four to six years on a regular basis. Again, it all depends what type of diamond you buy, whether it doubles in three years or whether it doubles in six years but we 're here to help you make that investment. It's a proven track record since they've been keeping records for the last 40 years. They've never, ever dropped in price, wow. and it's one of the only assets that you can actually insure, so, which makes it very, very interesting, and we're going to talk about it more uh, in a later segment.
0: RealMoneyShow.com is the website you want to hit up, and the number is one eight seven seven eight silver We also like to do on the show a bit of a market update each week.
1: Darren, give us that. Well, we're excited first off that David Morgan's going to be with us here in the show momentarily. Uh, and the market update this week is great. As we're doing doing this show, we're taping on a Thursday, and the price of gold is up. It's above the the twelve eighty barrier, which was the resistance level. We broke above that, and now we're above thirteen hundred. So today has been a, a, an exceptional day for for gold. It's up uh, over two and a half to three percent week over week. And silver, our favorite metal of all, trading right now at twenty seventy two and as high as twenty ninety one, almost at twenty one per rounds it is up Almost four and a half percent week over week, so very good week for both metals. And the analysts are slowly starting to turn bullish on both metals. Now Wednesday, the FOMC released their statement on how the economy in the U.S. is performing, and due to the fact that the economy is faltering, they've reduced their purchases of mortgage-backed securities to fifteen billion worth, uh, tapering from twenty billion. And they're going to reduce their bond purchases as they mentioned on Wednesday from twenty-five billion down to twenty billion. So overall, that's an impact change of about ten billion. So instead of 45 billion of tapering per month, the Fed's going to be tapering by uh, 35 or spending about 35 billion. And this obviously sent uh, shockwaves through the gold and silver uh, pricing and through the industry and into the access market and after hours. This is a theme we've been discussing at length, ad nausea and it certainly doesn't get any uh, easier to discuss when these kinds of things happens because they seem to be contravening what is actually happening. If the market is faltering, why wouldn't you want to maintain the amount of money you're spending trying to Prop up the market, but again, the prostitutes—and I use that word, uh, compliment of our friend Gerald Salente, uh seem to be telling you one thing with the headlines and pulling the switcheroo still behind the scenes.
3: Inflation is out there, you know. With what's going on in Iraq, they just captured a refinery um, that's going to have a big, big impact on gas at the at the stations. Uh, right now in Toronto, we're paying about a dollar forty a liter. It's the highest it's been in a long, long time. Guess what? Get used to it. Mm. It's going to be higher and higher. We've been saying on this show for a long, long time you could easily see $200 a barrel of oil. You could easily see $2 a litre coming up at the pump. And that's when people start getting a little upset. So, to look at investments, to look at your savings, to look at your hard earned cash, the stock market has done very, very well but only for a very few people, that 1% up to 10% of the population. The average person hasn't made any money. With the Fed you know, spending only $35 billion a, you know, a month buying bonds and whatever, that doesn't affect the average person. It only affects banks and very, very wealthy people. So look at you what you're investing in, gold and silver, natural fancy-coloured diamonds, probably the safest and some of the best investments that you can make right now.
1: And again, with our firm at Guildhall, we actually do physical only. So whether you're a coin buyer, whether you like to buy 100-ounce bars and silver, uh, whether you like to buy kilo bars and gold, whatever you like to buy with respect to physical gold and silver, Platinum and Palladium, our firm is doing that for you. Again, it's for immediate delivery if you're a new listener and if you're thinking of getting into this market, it's all immediate delivery product and uh, again, it can be shipped, you can take it home, you can come to our office and pick it up, or it can be put into our vault. A Very safe, secure titled serial numbers uh, depository in Toronto of course you can choose to store it elsewhere in the world but that's our main uh, storage facility and uh, of course we're happy to bring this to all of our clients and again if you're listening in the US uh, we spend a great deal of time talking about the world's largest economy and certainly here up in Canada we're no stranger to it Uh, the effects of what is happening down there we certainly are on your side in terms of where uh, the headlines are going versus what the real truth is and we understand that things are not as good as they make out to be. So one of the investments that we talk about are natural fancy-colored diamonds. They're also a hard asset. They make total sense for our portfolio. And again, we're online, and our numbers and everything are right here for you to call.
0: Yeah, we'll take a short break. And when we come back, he is the publisher of The Morgan Report and author of Get the Skinny on Silver Investing. David Morgan, join us right here on The Real Money Show. The number, one silver and realmoneyshow.com. And more of The Real Money Show, the number to start, investing, 1-877-8-SILVER, online, therealmoneyshow.com. Joining the show now, he is the publisher of The Morgan Report on Precious Metals and author of Get the Skinny on Silver Investing.
1: David Morgan is with us. Well, hello, David. Welcome to The Real Money Show. We're really big fans, and we're glad to have you here today. Uh, How have you been? been excellent. Thank you. Fantastic. Well, I'll get right into the line of questions we have for you today. On The Real Money Show, we've discussed cycles on our show for a long time. We've been doing this on air since 2008 ourselves here in the Toronto market and across Canada and now in the U.S. And uh, gold and silver really, in our eyes, has been uh, very cyclical since the beginning of this bull market back as early as 2000, early 2000s. In your best words, how would you explain the most recent correction of the silver price since 2011, and what factors have played a role in getting us to where we are at this point in time?
4: Well, if you go back to the previous bull market, which you know I participated in, uh, really, manipulated or not, it's what I would consider to be normal uh, market behavior. And if you look at the previous bull market, when gold was freed, Uh, At the 42.22 an ounce, it went all the way up to about 200, not quite. And it backtracked and fell off to about 100, not quite. And then it moved up from that level back to the 200 level and beyond. And from 200, it went to 850 on the spot market. So it was a big washout. It took a couple years and when gold was hitting the $200 level, there was euphoria in the market and lots of commentary about how great it was going to do. And when it caved and retraced about 50% of the move, got near the 100 level, you could hardly find a, a solid gold bull anywhere. So knowing that and watching what took place in 2011, I called the top in silver at the $48 level, and I think I was within just a few days at the exact top luck or skill, either when I don't care. The point is I made that call, and on the way up, and this is in the record, you can go check it, you can listen to the YouTube videos, whatever, I said uh, around the 30 level, especially the 35 level and up, if you have to buy silver and or gold, please don't buy all that you want at this point in time. This market's getting frothy, it's going to extend, it's going parabolic, it is going to top, I just don't know when, and of course actually I guessed when and I was correct. And a lot of people got in. I mean, there's always more money put into a market as it nears a top than there is at the bottom. I've learned from you know years, decades of experience that people don't buy bottoms. Uh, when emotions are running high, there's a lot of emotion and markets are moving quickly. That's when it draws in the most. And this is typical of the metals markets as well as most other markets. So having said that, when it did peak and started its downward trend or its bear market within a bull secular market, so I still believe we're in a major bull market, I said it would take two or three years for this to consolidate. Again, manipulated or not, or how the price got there is a factor, of course, but the price is the price. No one can argue that. So when we got to the level that we saw a lot of support, which was the $26 level for silver and about the 1550 level for gold. What we saw was that level hold again and again and again. And at one point in time, I saw the data and I put out an alert to my members only by video. I do these videos with the charts and I said, it's going to break. It's going to go down. If you're worried about this, uh, protect yourself hedge. And I had a hedge fund manager that actually went net short. Not that I recommended that. I was just telling him what I was doing. Right. And, uh, you know, he they basically saved him because he had a huge position. And by going net short at the 26 level, when it went down into the 19s and he covered, uh, you know, he's very happy.
1: Of course he was. Anyway,
4: yeah. So anyway, uh, I look at it as as – quote-unquote normal market activity. I'm not trying to uh, dissuade the fact that the markets are manipulated. In fact, in my view, almost every market is manipulated. But again, you can't argue the price or the time. We're at a point now where I think the washout is done. We've been going basically sideways in both the markets, particularly the silver market. Long bases build a lot of synergy that will come into the market later. So the bigger the base... Uh, The longer the base, the bigger the move up. Uh, We've been consolidating uh, in this range for about a year and overall three years. So I said two or three years of consolidation, and then we should start back up. So I truly believe from my work, everything that I do, that the cycles ebb and flow. And the function of a bull market is to kick off or shake off as many bulls as possible. And believe me, as you well know, you're in the business there's been a lot of bulls that have been shaken out. They either have sold their positions or they haven't added or they've decided to get in the stock market or back into real estate or whatever. So there's just the sentiment is perfect. There's a very few bulls at the bottom, and that's when you should be bullish. And so I think it's, you know, again, quote, unquote, normal Uh, going back wanted to just reiterate an important point, the $26 level of silver and fifteen fifty gold, that was definitely a manipulation. The amount of money that was used to sell short, the amount of contracts to be more accurate, sold was a phenomenal amount relative to the physical supplies of both the metals, and it has to be delivered. You're not going to sell a massive quantity in a short amount of time unless you want one thing and one thing only, and that's for the price to go down. That's an irrefutable fact. I don't care what anyone says. I'll go in the court of law and state that all day long, because it's the truth.
1: And that's an interesting point because we've talked about it at length here on the show. And those cycles are important because we've seen that base building happen at least f- uh, three other occasions prior to this one. And, of course, as you mentioned, the peaks on all three of occasions have been higher and higher. So we're extremely excited about where we are. And I do think we've shaken the tree loose of, uh, you know, a lot of, of sentiment. And we are at a point now where base building is happening. And, of course, great opportunities for buyers. The number to begin investing, one eight seven Seven, eight silver and
2: online the showcom Jeremy Wiseman here with our team had a question for you also, David. Yeah, I just wanted to reiterate actually what you were commenting on, um, which is, it sounds like what you're saying is a lot of investors, frustrated or not, are looking for answers, coming up with questions. And it sounds to me that when I like what you're saying, I think you're saying that, correct me if I'm wrong, that you're saying, look, this is sort of normal activity, and when the market's low like this, it's going to be tough to catch a bid. But the longer it goes, the more you're setting a base for the next level up. Is that is that essentially what uh, what I was hearing?
4: No, oh, well said. Yes, it is. And I just want to add one thing about you know the manipulation when the first bull market that I started speaking about took place. You know, William Simon was the secretary of the treasury at the time. And it was sort of a wink and a nod kind of thing of how well he had done wink, wink with getting gold from the $200 level down to about the $100 level. Sure. So, you know, To say, oh, well, it's new, it's fresh, it's only happening now, it's only happening because I'm in the market, you know, the forces are against me. No, if you read The War on Gold, and you read the amount of books I've read on gold, I mean, it's pretty, and silver, but particularly gold, you will see that there's very few times throughout all of recorded history where it wasn't manipulated. So it's nothing new, but it happened before under the, uh, you know, administrations that were around during the last bull run, and it's happening again, maybe differently. You know, we've got ETFs and things that didn't exist in the previous market. I fully understand that. The point being that the fundamental fact remains, and that is that governments don't like gold sure. uh, for the most part. Just, and so, yeah,
3: Just that, to interrupt uh, you there, David, um, there was an interesting article by Mark Faber on CNBC this week on Tuesday in actual fact about the media doesn't like gold and silver. Any comment on that? Well, absolutely.
4: I have been on TV a few times, and I was on a particular well-known financial channel, huge uh, viewer audience. And it was when gold had gone through the $1,000 level on the way up. And uh, they were trying to get me to say uh, that gold was in a bubble. And I said, no, gold isn't the bubble. The bubble is in the bond market, the debt markets. And they cut me off. They literally stopped the interview.
1: We remember that.
4: Claimed claimed it was a technical difficulty, and I've never been asked back on that financial channel. So if you're willing to speak truth to power, uh, you take your chances. Now, other financial channels actually let you speak your mind. That particular one actually has you submit what you are going to say ahead of time, at least 24 hours ahead. And in my uh, opinion... They it gives the spin doctors a you know twenty four hour longer period of time to kind of spin what you're going to say. Sure, uh, I had had that happen before, but in this particular case, since I had been interviewed by this channel a few times, I was sort of more mentally prepared to, uh, you know, <laughs> dodge and duck and, and get my upper you know, cut in and that type of thing. And. Uh, I was fully prepared, and of course, they didn't want to hear that. No one no one in the mainstream paper paradigm wants to hear that the paper paradigm has a problem. I mean, it isn't, you don't want to have that voice screaming, the emperor has no clothes, because you might wake up too many people.
1: It's a topic we discuss here very often, but uh, more recently, you've been discussing, I've read quite a bit of analysis, and... Uh, questioning about physical silver demand. And obviously it was up a lot in 2013 as the coin stats would have us, uh, uh, show. But ironically in Canada, silver production has dropped significantly in 2014. Now we're not a significant contributor, obviously as a country to the overall, um, uh, supply side, but I think that our bankster friends would have us believe that physical silver is very abundant. It's very easy to mine and it's of little real value. The number to contact any time one eight seven seven eight silver. What is the real story right now on silver availability? Is it in short supply, and uh, do you see it coming to a crunch in the near future?
4: Well, the, the best I can determine. Of course, this is very difficult because sure it is you know, numbers. Some of the numbers you get include like hedging or paper silver, even though they put it in a physical category. But the best I can determine can determine on the silver side is it's not really in that uh, tight a supply currently. But it's such a small market that it can become a tight market almost instantaneously. And the reason I can say that with authority is that the size of the silver market is so pathetically small relative to most other markets. Gold, as an example, and gold's a small market. So right now, the availability uh, through London seems to be more than adequate. And the other thing, what you said, is almost precisely the way I talk about silver when you're using it as the 70% factor, meaning that about 70% of silver mined is from base metal mining production. In other words, lead, zinc, copper, even 13% of the gold, excuse me, silver supply comes as a result of gold mining. Right. Only 25% comes as a result of primary silver mines. So the 70%, the base metal miners, really don't care that a fig about the silver price for the most part and if this is true if you study their uh... balance sheet income statement in their annual reports and what they'll tell you is that silver is a byproduct to them and that's a fact and that they use it as an offset so in other words whatever they can get for this silver they use as an offset against their lead production or the copper production or whatever so this is a real problem for the silver market because what happens is seventy percent of the market comes physically from entities that really don't care about the price. But what makes it much, much worse is they they take their book, in other words, their production schedule, and they give that to the bullion banks, who help them manage their uh, cash flow in the silver realm so that they can use it as an offset on their balance sheet. And what that means is that these uh, derivatives experts take the amount of physical metal and they can divide it up again and again and again and use that paper silver, and it's done in the gold market as well, and use it as a delta hedging mechanism, which is just a scheme that basically they put a spread on the price and if the price goes against them, they just sell more to make sure the price goes where they want it to. Now, no one says that, but that's the way it actually works and I think people are tired of it and Of course, the main question I get continuously is, well, I'm not going to get in the market because these guys are doing this, and they'll they'll never stop as they will. The reason that they'll stop is that the paper paper product doesn't equal physical reality, and again, coming back, will there be you know, a crunch time uh, for silver or short supply in the near future? And the answer is no, not in the near future. But in the not-too-distant future, meaning around the 2016 timeframe, there could absolutely be a scenario for silver in particular, but it could be in gold as well, where you cannot get physical in size. Oh, sure, you can go to your coin dealer and buy some rare coins or maybe get a 100-ounce bar or something like that. But for Central Fund of Canada or BMG Group or... Uh, PSLV or any of these true holding companies, or the Zurich Continental Bank, as an example, to come in and buy 20 million ounces of silver like they can do now, or 30 million or whatever. Uh, That, I believe, strongly will not happen. And what that will do is that will panic the market. I mean, real panic will set in. And, of course, you can't keep a lid on that kind of a truth. So once that gets out, and this is conjecture on my part, it could be wrong, but I really believe this will happen in this bull market. It'll be the first time ever. People will go to the next best thing. Well, what's the next best thing? Is it an ETF? Not really. The next best thing is a mining company. So this is why I believe still strongly that the best days are ahead of us. But that's going to be a very difficult market because it's going to be panic and fear buying, and the price is going to go up and up and up. I mean, what we saw going into, you know, the two thousand eleven time frame from you know january through the end of april where the price of silver just went up and up and up and up that's a prelude to what's going to happen the next time because that's just basically a warm-up as as exuberant as that market became and remember they had to raise the margin requirements four or five times to quell the market that's nothing in my view compared to what's going to do the next time but again i'm not looking for that type of a build until probably the 2016 time frame.
1: Is it possible based on that answer David, is it possible that the Eastern countries will contribute in terms of total demand to the point that the Western countries cannot control that mechanism anymore?
4: Yes, and it could you know change the timeline considerably. I mean there is the possibility that you know it could happen day after tomorrow. I really doubt that. Uh, the Chinese particularly, and Asians in general, take a long-term view. Some are looks like the Native American Indians, that they look out like four or five generations. So they are very smart about how they accumulate wealth, and they use the accumulation pattern, meaning they buy just enough in the market to not make the price go up if they can until they have actually taken so much physical that the price has to come up because there's just less and less available. So they're mining everything that they can, Gold wise and silver wise, it all stays within the country. And then they're out in the market buying gold, as we all know, in rather generous proportions. So, but they want to do it in a manner as I outlined. However, you know, with all this going on in the geopolitical front with all these wars and tensions, et cetera, it's a possibility, and I wouldn't rule it out, that some black swan event took place and all of a sudden uh, something took off in the gold or silver markets or both that uh, you basically couldn't stop and it started to run. Uh, I can't rule that out, but I doubt it. And I think it's the status quo is going to be uh, sideways markets for another couple of months, maybe through the summer. We're already starting to see them build. Silver's up, I think, 70 cents last time we checked today, which is a nice it move. It is nice a kind of move. Um, I think the low's in. I'm on record in several shows. And of course, for my paid members, that the low was the 23rd of June 2013, so roughly a year ago at the 1817 intraday low. Uh, so I'm very optimistic uh, longer term, and I don't think it's going to be that much longer. Again, you know, looking three years out, five at the most, I think we'll be uh, very happy being precious metals investors throughout the sector, not only in the physical market, which I stress especially to begin with, but also in the you know what I consider to be the best derivatives, which are top tier cash rich unhedged mining companies.
0: Right. We got to take a short break. We'll continue with David Morgan in just a minute. The number to start investing: one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. And more of the Real Money Show. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver therealmoneyshow dot Joined uh, once again back with us, David Morgan, the publisher of the Morgan Reports and the author of Get the Skinny on Silver Investing.
3: Yeah, David, we only at Guildhall. We only sell physical gold, silver, platinum, and palladium. Uh, We also store in a a very secure, safe uh, depository. How would you buy or recommend to buy gold and silver, platinum and palladium?
1: In physical form.
4: You know, that's a great question, and I'll just be totally honest. There's no reason not to be. It depends on the individual. Uh, Some people uh, of modest means are best to basically just stack their silver, you know, Coin at a time, is or ten or a roll at a time, or whatever. Sure. But someone of you know decent means, real, and you know we're talking size here. I think is best off by buying to somebody such as yourselves that uh, can go, you know, monitor it or whatever, and store it in a secure location and that type of thing. And what I actually recommend is to have it in probably three locations, preferably. at least one outside of your main jurisdiction. So for an example, someone that was living in, let's say, Europe, to have some in Canada, some and maybe two other places, both of those could be in Europe as an example. But uh, it depends on the individual. I mean, I've gotten consultation calls from people of extreme means that have bought uh, huge quantities and asked, uh, really, the question was, David, I trust you. I want to buy this amount. I don't want to see it. I don't want to touch it. I want to know it's there. I want to know I can get it out if I want to. Who do you recommend? So in those kind of cases, I do what I just outlined. I would recommend, well, I don't think you should have it all in one place. If you are thinking like I'm thinking, you might have it in another jurisdiction. And then I would set it up with, you know, two or three different depositories that I know and trust. So that's Probably a long answer, but that's the best answer I can
1: give you. Well, it's a good answer. I mean, we believe, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? We believe in using title and serial numbers, which is something a lot of our counterparts don't offer. But what are your thoughts when it comes to that? Assuming somebody like yourself recommends somebody like us or somebody else recommends us, do you think it's essential part of the equation to have those serial numbers of the bars and things of that nature?
4: Yes, I think, you know, I've done several interviews, and I've gotten guests on our Mastermind series for our paid members, and we've explained, you know, the storage conundrum, and it's really not well understood, even unless you're really, really detailed. And, you know, we prefer segregated storage with serial numbers. I mean, you know, the one of the places that I store is totally segregated. I mean, the gold Krugeran that my three-year-old daughter put a scratch in is the exact ran I'll get back as an example that's sort of a metaphor she didn't scratch it but what sure, I understand that the exact metal that is mine is the exact metal I'll get back out I think that's very important but a lot of people you know it's funny they'll spit you know the old pound wise or penny pound wise was penny wise and pound mm-hmm. foolish there we go And they do. They'll buy, you know, the best price and get the cheapest storage, not realizing that, you know, what does unallocated mean? And they think that it's a big entity, it's a big bank, it's a well-known name, and therefore they're safe. And in some cases, that's anything but true. You really want to be sure. And, you know, when you're putting that kind of money or any kind of money, I don't care if it's your, you know, your very modest means, you want to own what you bought, and it's funny, the, you know, penny-wise, pound foolish they'll put in, you know, thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars, in fact, sometimes above that, into a situation. And, you know, I want to just harp on this a bit longer. You know, I know, you know a fair amount of fund managers, and, you know, most of them, in my view, are the worst, because what they'll do is buy, you know, millions upon millions of dollars worth of metal, but how do they do it? Well, they buy it through the SLV or the GLD. Right. And Why do they do it that way? Well, because it's a mouse click. And they're dealing in those kind of numbers and they need the liquidity and they don't want to store it and it's cumbersome and it's all those things. But the, is it really a hedge fund if what you're doing is playing a paper paradigm that, you know, when the electrical power goes out for two days, you can't get it? I mean, it's not. it's not my preferred method. Now, I have nothing wrong against free markets and people deciding that's what they want to do. But what I stress is if you're going to play in that paper paradigm, make certain that your foundational investment in metals is metal, that you can touch it, and, that, and that's it. If you don't have that, then you don't understand what precious metals are all about. I mean, I'm very strong about that point.
1: It's a good point and it's one that we reiterate on a weekly basis and uh, we've migrated to this particular method with title and serial number now for uh, for a number of reasons but uh, we use three facilities worldwide so it's nice to see somebody else kind of uh, bringing that to the forefront. The number to contact anytime, one eight seven seven eight silver One of the more common themes we've been discussing lately on the show is the relationship of the US dollar to the price of gold and of course there is certainly an historical relationship uh, that uh, we have seen take place during bull markets in particular. But um, as we're sitting here taping the show today, uh, with silver up 84 cents, the U.S. dollar is slightly weak in a number of currencies today. What is that relationship and how is it being impacted currently with the threat of other countries moving away from U.S. dollar reserves?
4: Well, there's a lot. A lot can be said. One is some of my contemporaries have a chart. I think Ian McAvitt, won one, and he'll take a gold chart and show that, and then I'll take a dollar chart, and then he'll invert it with a, his slideshow and show you that they're inversely related, which is true uh, somewhat. I don't agree totally with Ian, uh, and I like him a great deal, and he's a great technician and a great, great person. But uh, it's more complicated than just a dollar. Uh, first of all, I think the bigger, far more important question is really what is the relationship to fiat currencies in general, and that is that there has never been in the history of mankind any fiat currency that hasn't failed. So whether you're talking about golden price of yen or golden price of Canadian dollar or the US dollar or the Australian dollar or what have you, the real fundamental question is what survives and what doesn't. And there are people out there that will advocate that uh, the deflationary depression will take the U.S. dollar to new highs. And I disagree totally, because it would be the first time in recorded history that paper trumps gold. That has never happened, and it won't happen. And here's why it won't happen. Uh, Jim Pobava, who runs the Financial Sense News Hour and a good friend, and I used to be on the show fairly regularly, but anyway, and I have been on recently, did a great study on collapse of currencies. And what he determined after a basically a summer of study is that there has never been a time where paper has trumped gold when you've been on a pure fiat system. So if you look back into the 30s depression, really gold was the money, even though Roosevelt restricted gold ownership and you couldn't use it, he, what, he confiscated the gold, put it in the treasury to back the dollar internationally. Right. But not, so... So the point I'm making is, if you don't have a goal, if you, if you are not on a gold standard of some type, and you have a currency crisis, the currency crisis is going to take the paper away, and what's going to left standing is what stood as money for the test of time for thousands of years—that's gold and silver. So that's my absolute. I don't think there's any way out of that, regardless of the deflationary arguments. Not to say that these currencies don't ebb and flow. I call it the vestige of hope for the bankers. Because if they can trick the majority into thinking that one currency is better than another, they'll stay in the paper paradigm far longer than they probably should. But they all fluctuate against each other. But in reality, the whole bathtub water line is going down, down, down against gold on a long-term basis.
1: Well that's a it's an interesting take and it's something that we share in terms of our opinions on that particular matter. The number to begin investing 18778 silver and online the realmoneyshow.com. David, it has been an absolute pleasure to have some time to spend with you today and again we'd love to have you back in the near future. Can you tell us how our listeners and anybody that's listening to the show for the first time get in contact with David Morgan and use your services?
4: Absolutely. The easiest way is it's a web Based business and just go to themorganreport.com. I do specialize in precious metals with an emphasis on silver, but we look across the resource sector. And there's like 12 uh, special reports that we put together over the last several years that will help a beginner, intermediate, or advanced investor. That comes with a subscription. Uh, It is a 30-day guaranteed price point uh, money back guarantee. So you know, if you get in there, very few that subscribe. I want out, but it happens and we're happy to do that. Sometimes it's, you know, over somebody's sophistication level. If you're a precious metals investor, you're usually an investor of some type before you gravitate to the metals because it takes an understanding of monetary theory and what happens, uh, in monetary history. And very few people are really acquainted with that. It usually takes self study. Having said all that, uh, our record is as good as anyone's. I probably, it's, it's my understanding looking at everyone else's work that we have picked more minds that are more junior situations that have actually become minds than anybody else in the industry Uh, are there those opportunities left quite frankly no there's really very few Uh, exploration situations that we like anymore. So we've stress. we always stressed in the Morgan Report, which is top-tier cash-rich unhedged mining companies, as big money going into big companies, you're not going to get instantly rich. You're not going to get the 10 baggers, but you're going to preserve your capital and grow it over time. And some of these companies just keep compounding. They're very, very good companies. We like the royalty companies for a variety of reasons. We'll explain that. And then we go into the mid-tier, where they have a higher growth profile, but they have a little more risk. And then we love to speculate but we do it in a manner that is prudent with what the word means. You bet a little to win a lot. You don't bet the farm on some rank speculation. That's stupidity. We don't do that. Uh, so, you know, we try to do our absolute best, and uh, it's one of the paradoxes in life. It's self-serving from the aspect that we do a lot of research for what we recommend, but we also want to share that with others. So while we'll help, you know, our research helps us because we are in the market. It also helps you because you get the benefit of our, you know, our hard work to help you make your own decisions in this, what I think, crucial area of investing, the precious metals.
1: Excellent, David. I appreciate your time very much. We're thankful that you could spend it with us. We look forward to speaking with you soon. Thanks again, David. My pleasure. Take care.
0: And thank you uh, to David Morgan for joining us here on The Real Money Show. We'll take a break. The number is 1-877-8-SILVER, therealmoneyshow.com, natural, fancy colored diamonds. That's what we'll cover next. And back with more of The Real Money Show, the number to begin investing, one eight seven seven eight silver and online, therealmoneyshow.com. Guys, David Morgan, uh, just echoing a lot of stuff you guys say in and out each week.
1: What do you think uh, about what he had to say? Well, the best thing about having a person like David Morgan on the show is that it reiterates what we're saying. It's the approach of don't believe us, hear the other people out Mm -hmm. there. And one thing that David is good at is really talking from the heart, and he doesn't cut any corners. He tells you how he sees it and what he likes the best. And of course, he made it clear that storage in the physical sense should have title, should have bar numbers. He talked about the U.S. dollar and of course the relationship to gold and silver. And he just basically said, look, we're in a good position right now for those that are smart enough to take uh, a step forward and get into some silver, some gold in their portfolio. And again, it's a pleasure always having somebody like that on.
3: One of the interesting points is, is that he said it's very hard to fish the bottom now he called last year the bottom of silver uh, to his own uh, readers and listeners and uh, at $18.17 silver uh, we said basically the same thing i think it was 1820 we thought it was a terrific buy though we haven't gone up you know crazily i mean it's only gone up a dollar and as of today it's up $2 in total uh, that's still you know not a bad return on your investment over 10% so you know, where we are right now with what's happening in in Iraq, with the refinery being taken over, um, with what's happening in Ukraine, we can only see gold and silver and hard assets like natural fancy colored diamonds only increasing in value and this is a great great opportunity remember in 2011 may 2011 silver was as high as forty nine dollars hmm. today we're trading at twenty dollars and seventy cents so in in my opinion this is an unbelievable opportunity to get into the market if you believe that silver is going to go higher than forty nine dollars uh, this is a great great opportunity i say it once again i want to be uh, i want to be
1: correct on something here for our listeners especially if you're a new listener Our job at Guildhall, we're not financial planners. We're not financial advisors. We don't delve into portfolio management. That's not our role to play. We're experts in understanding the gold, silver, platinum, palladium, and natural fancy color diamond market. And to that end, if you're looking for an expert in that arena, we are the people we think you should be seeing. Jeremy.
2: Just to come back into what we were talking about with with David, uh, my takeaway was was looking at the bottom of the market. I thought it was um, it's we always end up with these simple things that we just sort of say them out loud and and that is most people won't buy the bottom of the market. We always say more people will buy silver at thirty dollars more people will buy silver at thir- at forty dollars fifty dollars than they will at 20. And that that's been true though demand has been very very high but I, I feel that the takeaway was, don't try to explain your frustrations, don't really worry about it. You know that the sky is blue. You know that the u s has troubles with with the debt and and with um inflation and 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 all these geopolitical issues that you know this is a great time to continue to stack continue to to build your position in silver build it with whatever you have if it's if it's buying a few coins, if it's buying a couple bars, if it's buying a good amount that this market is is at the bottom, and you have an opportunity to continue to build that position as much as you can before it really takes off. So that was really my takeaway from from what we were hearing this afternoon. The,
3: the interesting thing is, you know, I've always said it's better to be three weeks, three months too early than one day too late. Because what happens is that, for example, today silver's hit a high of 20.90. We're trading right now about 2065 you know people say well i 'll wait for it to come back down to eighteen. It may never ever come back down to eighteen there 's more chance of it going up than coming down <laughs> That
0: number to start investing is one eight seven seven eight silver
3: online the dot
0: com The other thing you guys do so well is natural fancy colored diamonds.
3: Yes, we do. How do you like that?" Our, our business, beside bullion, is natural fancy coloured diamonds. And if you go to our website, guildhalldiamonds.com, you're going to see an unbelievable collection of fancy yellows, pinks, blue-green diamonds, red diamonds that are out there on the marketplace. At Guildhall, we believe in buying the top quality diamonds. We deal directly with cutters and polishers. We don't deal with the middleman. We look for certain diamonds that have certain qualifications, certifications. Every diamond we sell comes with a GIA report, which is a Gemology Institute of America. Every diamond we sell comes with an independent appraisal and a 10-day money-back guarantee. We're a Canadian company, though we sell all over the world. Mm -hmm. Our diamonds that we sell are of the best best quality it's very important when you're buying a natural fancy colored diamond and we have if you're interested in purchasing a diamond or even looking more into you know investing in diamonds we have an investment brochure that you can we would be happy to email out to you uh, which will tell you how to buy and what to look for in a natural fancy color diamond
2: yeah this is a definitely a very new market for a lot of people um typically people have always purchased a white diamond there's very few people that have considered investing in diamonds as investment colored diamonds are extremely rare and what we do is we go one step further with a very strong criteria in every category whether it's a diamond for 15,000 or a diamond for 50 or a diamond for a million we want to find the absolute highest quality investment grade diamond in that category and these are the types of diamonds that are receiving double digit increases in value every single year. So it's a great business to be a part of. Um, If you're new to it, you definitely want to open your eyes to it and, and think about getting involved in that market.
3: The, the interesting thing as well, Jeremy, is that, you know, we go by, in the last 40 years, uh, natural fancy color diamonds have never, ever dropped in price. Mm-hmm. And we go by auction results, uh, what the dealers are selling you know, the product they're selling at, the quality of product they're selling. It's very, very important if you go to our website, uh, you know, you'll see diamonds ranging from, you know twelve thousand dollars up to you know five six hundred thousand dollars and we have diamonds a lot more expensive than that but at auction you know they're setting records they're setting diamonds for 25 million 50 million Uh, this is unheard of and these are diamonds that have been in collections for maybe 30 40 years as an example you know 30 years ago you could have bought a one carat red uh, diamond for around about $30,000 a carat. Today, you're looking at anywhere from 1.8 million to 2.1 million nice return. if you can find on. one. Um, you know, 10 years ago, you could have bought a vivid uh, yellow internally flawless for around about $7,000. Today, you're looking at thirty-five dollars to $40,000 for that same diamond. It's incredible the amount of interest there is. And you've got to look at japan you have to look at china you have to look at india you have to look at brazil these are new uh you know found wealth in a lot of these countries and they want what we have in the west and they're prepared to pay and pay dearly i just got back from las vegas uh, for the jck show it's one of the biggest jewelry shows in the world that and in hong kong um, and we, you know, searched around and we actually purchased from, you know, maybe all the diamonds we saw are only three diamonds that met our criteria. It's so important that you understand the four Cs, which are really, really incredibly to understand. First of all, there's colour. The colour is what we look for in a natural fancy coloured diamond. The next thing is the clarity, which means if we're selling yellow diamonds, for example, we look for internally flawless. In pink diamonds, it's very rare that pinks come internally flawless. They normally come in VS, and you'll see a lot of VS-quality diamonds on our website. The third thing we look for is cut. Cut is more is really important because it brings out what we call in, in the business... Fire, the make of the diamond, brings out unbelievable colors in that diamond. And the most favorite cuts, are whether it's cushion, radiant, pear, they bring out the color in the diamonds. And finally, it's the size of the diamond. Mm. We recommend in yellows over a carat is where you should be Participating in pink diamonds no less than a quarter of a carat because they are so rare and so small, but this is a great time to get in. You should look at our website GuildhallDiamonds.com. John, why don't you give out some numbers?
0: That number that Paul is talking about is one eight seven seven eight silver. Jeremy, tell us about this. What is this new attraction or seemingly new attraction people have to these diamonds?
2: Yeah, I think what people really like about the colored diamonds is they understand the rarity. It's a very safe investment. In forty years, colored diamonds have never had a down year. Um, So people really like the stability of the market. They love that um, it's a very good place to protect their wealth. Um, They don't have to worry about watching it go up and down. It just comes down to the key of making sure that you buy a quality, a quality stone. So what we do at Guildhall is we definitely aim to educate clients, make sure that they know what they're buying so that they don't have to worry about, did I get the right one? Did I get something of value? Most diamond buyers have that, that feeling after they purchase. We want to make sure that you understand that this is an absolutely highest quality that you can, you can purchase. And we're a member of the NCDIA. That's the Natural Color Diamond Association out of uh, the U.S. And this is a very small group of, of diamond, colored diamond dealers and enthusiasts. Our job is to promote um, colored diamonds as well as sort of self-police the market, if you will. We're here to protect the market as much as to help people appreciate um, the beauty and wonder and of course the profitability of natural fancy colored diamonds.
0: We we'll, uh, pretty much take it for uh, for the week Good job guys got to thank again David Morgan for uh, stopping by the show being with us uh, author of uh, get the skinny on silver investing and the Morgan report as well our listeners in Calgary and outside of uh, Boston WCRN that'll wrap it for another show the number to start investing 18778 silver and online at the realmoneyshow.com.